0: Going on, guys. Welcome back to the Lions Blog Podcast. This is your host Gavin, and today we are recording an episode after the really, really disappointing one-one draw against Tigres. Disappointing only because it meant we went out of the competition, but uh, an exciting uh, game of soccer, or um, as my guests today would call it, football. So we'll start with. um, We're
1: not German. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. Good, good point. Football, football. I mean, fo- football. Just, just football. <laughs> you, you did like another pronunciation of the O in there.
0: You know, I did ridiculously. It was almost like I was talking to someone who was Spanish. But uh, no, just uh, just English. Uh, but the uh, European version of English. English. So Daniel's already um announced himself. So Daniel, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Can't complain. Yep. Great to have you back on. And also here with me today is Taylor from OCUK. Taylor, how are you doing today?
2: Very good, thank you. Yeah, glad to be, uh, be chatting all around the city with you all again.
0: Yeah, um, and not at 3 a.m. like I accidentally scheduled last
2: time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, I just did the math backwards, I think, and just all of a sudden... you just I...
1: lonely, Gavin, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, I said 10 p.m. and got some... I don't know. I that, that I was like, oh, yeah, that'll be 5 p.m. for Taylor. No. It's
2: ridiculous. <laughs> you got to <through> the
0: end. <laughs> yep. Well, appreciate you joining. Um, let's get Taylor. Let's start with you. Let's get your thoughts on the start to 2023. Uh, there's been a lot of question marks around the attack, a lot of rotation um a strong defense, a strong showing from Galese, a lot of storylines for you to uh to run with. And I'm interested to hear which one uh you're feeling sums up the team the most at this point in time.
2: For sure. Like um I'm gonna put it this way really um and besides obviously um showing that we can compete at um CONCACAF Champions League level, um having not lost the game, you know, and only going out on the way goals and um Mikey Halliday steadily getting better with each passing game at right back. Besides those two things. It's much of a muchness from um, from last season, despite all of the new personnel, you know, despite, you know, it being a new season. um, I'm really, really eager for um, this 2023 Orlando City to um, to show me something new. Show me something we um, we don't know about the team yet. Um, That sounds like it's overly um, critical. Um, obviously, it's still um, still very very early on in the season, um, but it was a critically acclaimed um, off season of refreshment. Um, I think that raised all of our expectations. Um, but it's going to take some time. Um, the chemistry, um, especially the attack. You know, the uh, the attacking reinforcements we brought to the club um, got everybody excited, didn't it? In the off season, um, the game's not played on paper. You know, we all. Um, Put our, our players together, you know, in Excel spreadsheets, like myself, or you know, scribbled down, and it looked good. You know, um, the feeling was really, really good heading into this season. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still waiting to see um, and excited to see um, some of the um, the unanswered stuff. Um, you know, we know we know Pedro Galese saves us. You know, X amount of points every year. He's been sensational again, carried on from where he left off. Um, we know what is still trying to get used to, um, to playing in our system. We know that, you know, we go to the final whistle and we score late goals. Um, it was too late, unfortunately, against Tigres. Um, they did another five minutes. But um, but yeah, um, five games down, three in the regular season, two in the Champions League. Um, that's how I'm going to put it. Just eager to um, to learn more about what this 2023 Orlando
0: Yeah, and Daniel, let's move over to you Um, because I think Taylor hit on it well.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Pedro Galese has been, I I think, a step above what he's been for us in years past. I mean, for me, it was kind of a surprise. Like, usually you see players sign the contract and phone it in, and and all of a sudden they're not as good. He's signed the contract and stepped Mm -hmm. up. He has been insane. So what have your thoughts been on... Galese's 2023 and the fact that we're even mentioning Galece as a, as a huge part of our 2023, what does that mean for how the team's playing?
1: Well, from my perspective, it's, it's like a clash of two worlds here, because I've seen, you know, I, I read a Twitter every day and, and I see all the different takes, you know, a lot of them are good and nuanced and I see some that, you know, they think cause Galece is playing well, that the team then deserves to go on and get a result to get a win. And I look you know, I mean, I look at it from the opposite point of view that if your goalkeeper's being worked that hard every game, then you're not playing well. You know, your your team is suffering, and you're only, you know, you're only able to stay unbeaten because you've got this uh, stud in goal right now. It was probably in the form of his life, I would say. I mean, the game the other night uh, against Tigres was was a perfect example of that. You know, he single handedly kept kept Orlando alive in that competition. And we've never seen a performance
0: like. I'll I'll say it. I, we've never seen a performance like that from Glaese. The amount yeah, of it, saves, the amount of big saves. I mean, we've seen it for Peru, but I wouldn't say we've seen it for Orlando City.
1: I can't. Well, remember. No, when you when you think about the stage and the caliber of opposition and what's on the line, and the pressure and everything else, then that's probably the best goalkeeper performance that you know Exploria has seen from a from a home goalkeeper. You know, right. um, but just because your goalkeeper plays well. Doesn't mean that the team therefore has the right to have won the game. The team is struggling; like it's, it's certainly lacking a spark. I mean, and and you know they came to life a bit the other night, but you know, generally speaking, it's like like Taylor said, it's a, it's a bit of a, a muchness. You know, it's much of a muchness as he said, and and um, you've got to like you've got to look at the the fundamentals that the team are trying to do. I mean. Do do we even know what they're trying to do? Because sometimes they look good on the ball, sometimes they don't, sometimes they look like they have urgency, sometimes they don't. Um, I mean, at some point, you've got to be as the coach, you've just got to let them off the leash, you know? And I saw a couple of tweets last week mocking Miami because they lost a game and Orlando are unbeaten. And I remember saying, well, yeah, but Miami's got one more point. (laughs) You know, they're they're higher in the table at that point. wouldn't you rather have two wins out of three or four games and, and just draw every game, you know, and have this battle of attrition every week? And, yeah. you know, onto that with the Tigris thing as well, because I, I think that's a, a, a little criticism of, of, of the coach as well that I think needs to be addressed, but I'll elaborate on that a little bit later.
0: Yeah, so, Taylor, that, that's a good point. I was talking about this with somebody the other day, and it was, they were saying, I would rather have, one win in three games then or i don't know it was like it was like two wins in four games or two draws and one win in four games or something like that because the math adds up more than that and it's different for each scenario obviously but we do seem to have the mindset uh and everybody knows this of do not lose like Mm -hmm. yeah at a minimum draw the game but is that? Um, do you think that's hindering us in a way? That mindset where we're not being as aggressive as we should be. Like when it when push came to shove, we were very aggressive against Tigres, and we looked, you know, like threatening um, after the goal, and especially in the second half uh, after their goal in the first half. In the second half, we looked threatening because we were super aggressive. We left ourselves open. Uh, so is that mindset hindering the team in? these other games that obviously aren't as big as the Tigres match?
2: I I think potentially, you know, and, um, you know, people, people know this of me already. Um, I'm very much um, an Oscar Perea lover. Um, But what I will say, um, yeah, in accordance with that is, like I said, running on from my first point, the expectations raised, um, everyone looking in on Orlando City is like, man, you know, they won the Open Cup you know, what's the next step for this team? You know, the Wolves spent a ton of money, put their money where their mouth was again in the off season. And, um, and yeah, I think at the moment, you know, the, uh, the five games we've played so far, you know, we obviously did ourselves proud against Tigres, but um, the league games, even the win against New York Red Bulls have um, left you wanting more, you know, and it, it's kind of finding that balance between, you know, accepting that it's the beginning of the season. And, you know, it's a lot of, New faces that need to acclimate and um, you know forge chemistry with each other. But um, but this is my fear, if I'm going to be honest. I and mean, it is a fear. Um, obviously grateful for um, for Oscar Pereira taking us from um, where we were, you know, which was a complete also ran. But um, I don't think anybody at the club, in Oscar himself, is under any illusions. What needs to come next, you know? Um, we um, we're a knowledgeable fan base, but we're an expectant one too. And um, and it is tough, you know, um, Daniel used the word um, attritional, um, I think, and, and, and that's what most of our games are. I feel, you know, we can go anywhere across North America on the road and, you know, we can hang tough like we did at DC, you know, even though conceding late, conceding late, but hang tough, you know, and um, make the game ugly and bring points back. But it's the home games, you know, and we've got another one coming up this weekend and I do fear that this lack of spark, you know, and um, this mentality not to lose, is potentially hindering us, you know. Um, and you know, everyone, yeah. Daniel Daniel said it again, and um, I, I see the sentiment on Twitter all the time. There is this collective want to um, to release the handbrake and let everyone, you know, off off the leash. And me being an Oscar Pereira lover myself, I hope that that does come within the next, you know. Um, three or four games in major league soccer, but, um, this is competitive sport and, um, our fan base, you know, and, and everybody can't wait forever. Um, so yeah, I'm very eager and, and fearful. I don't, I don't want to see this kind of, um, attritional stuff, um, going on too much longer. Obviously it's a long, long season. So the way we play is perfectly, you know, if you go on the road, you know, and it's a long old season, Oscar Pereira's tactics, should we call it the Papi special on the road? Fine, but when we're playing at home, we need a bit more, um, especially from the the attack. And absolutely, what Daniel said, you know, Galay you know, is is our man in the match every week, and um, it looks great for him making MLS team of the week. But it doesn't mean that we're playing well because he's facing, you know, on average twelve shots a game. So um, yeah, I, I am concerned a little, um, but obviously it's early.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was laughing with Adam uh, at the game and after the game, and I was like, "We just were like, we just pushed Tigres back. Like for for yes, they sat deep because they had to hold mm-hmm. on to, obviously, but but we pushed them back, mm-hmm. and we were creating chances, and we got nearly moments in there. Even in the first half, when it was zero zero, and Gulo had that great uh, little play in the box, um, and then was it? Enrique, who forced a good save uh down near post, I think, uh, yeah. as well. might have been one zero at that point, but mm-hmm. we we were we were you know being aggressive, we were uh pushing on them, we were creating chances, and we it looked like we could score in the game. I'll say that. uh, we could create something. And I was joking with Adam, and I said, it's so funny because like we're just gonna struggle against Charlotte at home next week to to score goals. Like, this is Tigres we're doing this against, and it feels like uh, on the weekend, you know, we're probably going to be rotated, but I don't know. Even if we weren't, I feel like we would still struggle to to get something going. Um, so, and I think that is um, that is down to a lack of aggressiveness uh, in terms of play style. So, um, Daniel, moving over to you, um, we've already referenced the match a lot. But thoughts on the match against Tigres, uh, the way it played out, and uh, the eventual <coughs> exit uh,
1: 1-1? Yeah, let me pull up my notes here. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I was at the game, you know, um, it was a good game. I, I felt that... Um, the you first were there? I, I was there, yeah. I, Eddie got me a ticket, so i good for Eddie. You didn't tell me you were going? I it was kind of last minute. Okay, I just got there. Okay. Yeah, I was. Um, it was a busy day on Tuesday, but I got down there kind of, you know, sort of last minute-ish, and I feel yeah, like we um. Plus, I had really crap cell phone service, so I couldn't really tell anybody where I was. True. But anyhow, yeah, I was there at the game, and it was a it was a good good event. I mean, I'll I'll start with the, you know, the atmosphere was was fairly good. I mean, the tenants obviously was not so loud, but the. The Tigres fans, for their trans, you know, forgetting the transgressions for a minute, they actually did play their part in making that stadium uh, very atmospheric. Um, you know, very vocal, very passionate, which is what you expect. And um, the game itself, I mean, I felt that Orlando were extremely timid in the first half. Uh, Tigres looked like they were from another planet. The way they controlled the ball, the way they handled it, the way they they cut through the lines and, and played. Um, they were very calm and, you know, and they worked hard. And I, and I think in the second half, you know, there's a combination of factors. Obviously, the, the urgency to get the goal with Orlando was a factor. I think Tigre's tired a little bit. Uh, the referee lost some control of the game and Orlando turned it around. And, I, and I'm on, you know, I've said this before, that had the game gone on an extra couple of minutes, I think Orlando was going to win the game. They, they had all the momentum. Um, the goal they got at the very end was well-deserved, you know, and, there's something to be said. I mean, you know, they got through I think to around 60 minutes, then they started to be able to play a bit and, and to attack and to impose themselves. It leads you to think, why didn't we just do this from the off? But you know, also look at the fact that Tigres maybe could have had three or four. Orlando certainly should have had one. I think Angulo's chance was was certainly clear cut. Um but, you know, they kept themselves in it and then they pushed on and then they got, got the winner. And Cara's goal was was superb. I was kind of pretty much set, where I was sat was in line with where he was, taking the kick, and it felt like it was going in slow motion. <laughs> it's like you were wondering if it was going. Go it, it was like a movie, like it slowed down. But it was a fantastic goal. I mean, the guy has got, you know, critic after critic, but, you know, he, he's a striker. He had one chance to score, and look what he did. Um... You know, and, and it, it just gave them a little bit of hope and obviously Tigres predictively played the clock, played the referee, uh, played more like a piano and took about two minutes off that clock, which, you know, Orlando probably should have had to to keep going, you know. And, um, I mean, they can be happy with the performance, but uh, one thing I have seen with the, <clears throat> with the complaints is that everyone's going on about the away goals rule and how it sucks, but, you know, you have to remember that this role was in place, and both coaches knew it. And Tigres are a good team. You have to reasonably expect in your mind that they're going to score in either game. And this is where Oscar's you know, strategies, in my mind, kind of failed because he went on the road to play defensively under maybe a wrongful assumption that they weren't going to concede at home. And it's, it's a dangerous strategy, playing not to lose. You know, I'd rather play to win and, and maybe lose two one. At least you've got the away goal. You know, um, you've got something to hang on to. But I think that the defensive performance, kind of away from home, is probably what hurt the club in this because it, it's a lot more pressure. Like well, the minute Tigre's scored, they, you know, Orlando needs two, and it's you know, it's, it's it's a lesson that's got to be learned, and it's a very painful one, but. You can't get mad at the rule. I mean, I know it's the only competition that uses it, but it's like going to the casino and playing blackjack and getting mad that they don't up the the, the card limit to 22, right? You, you yeah. can't change the rule. The rule is the rule. You know this. It's there. You know, and it's it's almost like a sense of entitlement that you think, well, the rule shouldn't apply in this and that, and we didn't lose. But truth of the matter is, is that, you know, away from home, played so negatively. And you you set yourself up for that type of scenario to occur. So that's all I've got to say on it, really.
0: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, I was feeling kind of the same way. Uh, There was a lot of um, anger directed at the away goal rule uh, yesterday on the social medias. Um, But I agree we also could have taken advantage of the away goal rule. and. We didn't i mean we had our chances in that game as well you think of ojeda on top of the box i think we had a good chance Mm -hmm. um down the left side of the box at one point that we didn't take advantage of goalkeeper made a good save so we had our chances um to score i mean they also had their chances to score and the other thing that hurts is that we would have been facing motagua because they Mm. uh, unexpectedly got through against pachuca yesterday so that hurts as well, because um, that would have been a team that we probably would have been considered the favorite for that tie. Um, yep. But it is what it is at this point. Um, let's move on to just a quick preview of the Charlotte match. Taylor, how do you, or if you want to say anything else on the Tigres match, Taylor, um, feel free. Uh, but how are you feeling for Charlotte um, on the weekend?
2: Yeah, just finishing up with um, the Tigres game. Um, yeah, like I think Daniel summed it up really well. Uh, the minute they took the lead, um, I think all of us in our heart of hearts thought, "Man, it's not going to be our night." Um, you know, heading into the game with Xinyak, um not not obviously playing in the second leg. You know, those kind of things were giving me hope. Um, it wasn't to be, um, and lessons learned. I think that's the exact um, verbiage I used in my tweet. Um, lessons learned for oscar lessons learned for the team but um yeah before we move on to the charlotte game it was super exciting i don't know don't know about you guys but um i loved seeing orlando um play a, an opponent we don't usually face you know it was really good to see us test ourselves against you know one of the favorites in the competition so um i'm hoping we can see us at that um stage much more often going forward. agree
0: those are those are the games that you love to watch the the big oh, games
2: against the right. big opponents Definitely. I mean, we're used to the obviously the UEFA Champions League over in Europe and um, it's great that North America has its own through CONCACAF as well. And um, yeah, um, great to see us play on that stage. But Charlotte at home next. I mean, we are blessed, aren't we really? Season in, season out. We tend to have a lot of well, we always open at home and um, to have free home games already this early on in the season is great. But we've got to be getting some um, some three point holes on the board, you know. They've lost all three so far this season, so obviously that gives me hope. They've had a bit of a nightmare, um, Charlotte. And maybe they're starting to feel if it will be second season syndrome for them. Still very early, of course. But um, but this is a game, when you see that your opponents lost their first three games of the year, this is a game that all Orlando City supporters will be circling and, you know, lining up for three points. So that brings its own pressure, especially when you're not free scoring. but. Um, coming back to Urchenkara, that that bicycle kick, which was a beauty. Um, I mean, I don't think he could have topped the goal at Columbus Crew, which was a team move, and then he finished it off. But, I mean, you know, if he does leave Orlando and never quite makes it, as a lot of us think he's not going to, I mean, he's got two beauties for the collection. But um, I think it will be interesting to see whether Oscar puts him back in the starting lineup for Charlotte. Um, Obviously, that goal would have done him a world of good. I don't know whether he reads social media. I hope he doesn't, because obviously um, there's been a lot of negative stuff about him on there, from myself included. Um, I feel he doesn't use his strength enough in the team. I feel he's pushed off the ball way too easily for someone who's six foot four or whatever he is. But in defense of him, we don't always play to his strengths either. Um he really does seem like um like a great player just at the wrong club. So I really want for him. Um to write to write you know his time in Orlando and he scored a, a fair few goals for us, but it always seems to him that he's never gonna quite make it and that he doesn't have the full backing of the support behind him. So, you know, despite going out in midweek, it was pleasing to see him get back on the score sheet. Um, I personally now I'm speaking about it, I do think Oscar will give him the start. Obviously, I think so, so too. Yeah, we saw I think there'll be rotation like you said, Gavin. I saw people even saying maybe. Galesa gets a rest in this one. Um, I don't know if that's necessary ahead of the international break. But um, but yeah, I think we see Cara start up top again. And um, I do see us winning the game. Um, I don't think we'll blow them out, you know, by no means. I think it will be by the odd goal. But um, yeah, Charlotte confidence is low. Um, we've got to lick our wounds um after the Champions League experiment. But um, but yeah, I do see us winning this game. We've obviously won both matchups with um with Charlotte last season as well, so um, the club can draw on that too.
0: Yeah, I, I see. I see a win as well, but I think it's going to be a close win. Like I, I don't, I just don't see us blowing the doors off them. Like you said as well. Interestingly enough, for Kara and Daniel, um, we'll finish on the Charlotte match with this. I do think he starts. I think. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about how he doesn't fit the system, right? And and maybe he doesn't fit um, the players around him either. I feel like he needs a lot of movement around him because he's such a static player. And he does move. Like, he does make those, you know, those first uh, dummy runs that strikers are supposed to. And then he'll make the second run and he'll move people around. But there's not enough movement around him that means that those movements really mean anything and i wonder if like a front line of dugger don who clearly is someone who moves a lot and is able to carry the ball into the attack and facundo torres and Martino ojeda is almost like those three if those three were behind him there would be a lot more um at least on paper movement and ability to uh Create enough space for Kara to be a little bit more successful for us. Am I right there? Or am I just reading the, the paper too? Reading too far into the paper.
1: I think you're totally right. I mean, Oscar's system for strikers is where is where forwards go if they want to commit, you know, voluntary euthanasia. You know, they they um. Euthanasia. <clears throat> it, it's not a coincidence that like every striker that he, he has. I mean. I think I, I read a statistic that his his highest scoring striker was in when he was in um was it Dallas? It, I think it was on eleven goals or so. You know. Didn't and, and Cara get that last season? I guess so, and that's even more impressive yeah. for Kara if that's the case. You know. Um but you know, like I said, it's you know, if you ever wanted to get rid of, of prostitution, in Orlando, just put Pereira in charge of all the brothels because no one will score. And you know, it's um, it's one of those things, right, that, you know, a lot of people will rag on Cara. I think that in the best, there's a, a little prejudice, I think, against Europeans. I think it's always been there. Certainly, um, they favour, you know, grafters and they favour South Americans, but I always feel like if it's a European player and they don't perform immediately, the people are straight on the curse. you know? And... Car has got clear quality I mean it's evident that he has it you know if you just watch the little things he does the little touches the layoffs the finish that he gets every you know whenever the ball does get to him in the box I mean he's clearly a good player you, you again we're looking at the system you're looking at like you said getting players to to run off him run behind him to bring the ball into play you know it's they've got to step up the tempo I mean I'm surprised that Car doesn't fall asleep you know waiting for the ball to come to him in the game because we play so slow sometimes and it was like in the Tigers game we started creating stuff when the tempo went up a notch or two and, and the ball went out to the to the flanks then you could see the team come to life but when you're playing just so timidly it's like i don't see any striker doing particularly well and whether it's cara or duncan or, or um Ramiro, i think i think you know you're yeah. going to struggle basically you're going to struggle that's yeah, you've got to you've got to attack. You've got to move players forward, and I think that you've got to understand that just because a player doesn't have a, t- a ton of touches in a game doesn't necessarily mean they're not doing anything. You, you've got to, you know, Car as a striker. He, he's shown he can be very lethal in the penalty area. He, he's got to be in there, and people have got to do the work around him. Yeah.
2: just following on from your point, guys, as well. Um, sorry to interrupt, as well. The the three you mentioned, Gavin, so Dago Dan, um, Faku, and uh, Martin O'Hayder. I'm just wondering, you know, and um, whether we'll see this throughout 2023 going forward, we obviously dropped Mauricio Pereira deeper into the eight, you know, to obviously conduct more in the middle, you know, build attacks. Do we put him back at the 10? You know, I think from what we're gaining, putting him back in the eight, we've kind of taken away from, from you know, what he gave us in, you know, the final third. Um, I don't know about you, but um, it's something I've noticed the first five games.
0: We've definitely lost a little bit of that. Um technique in the final third but i also feel like he doesn't move enough in the final third for us either so like is the benefit of him being that creator in the final third better than the benefit of him getting the ball to the final third even though yeah. we don't have a, of a creator yeah. i think i think dugger i think the starting front four right now if it were to be kara let's just say should be Ojeda, Dogger and Faku. personally, just because Dogger Don's impressed me a lot um with his technique, his movement, his pressing, all of it. i've I've been very impressed by him. Um, and I think right now, instead, that spot's going to Angulo for the more defensive work on the left, yeah. um, which has been important as well, but that's the priority right? Having having Angulo be that defensive workhorse. Daniel, you are typing. Can you meet yourself when you're typing? Um, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. And I'm actually going to go to you, Taylor. Uh, statement today from Iron Lion Firm and Ruckus regarding um, the club and the issue with the Tigres fans throwing the uh, smoke bombs onto the field and how that could have been avoidable, uh, and just some issues there between the wall uh, supporter groups and the club. Just any quick thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, well, it's been um, it's been the news of the day in the um, the Orlando Twitter sphere today. I saw the statement um, after I finished work today and. Um, <laughs> has obviously followed the sentiment on Twitter since the game in midweek. And, um, and yeah, obviously watching, you know, in the wee hours here in the uh, the UK, saw lots of um, yellow Tigres shirts in the, um, you know, the Orlando City um, home end, as it were. Um, and, yeah, like, um, you know, the, the statement hasn't been taken lightly. Um, you know, the Ruckus and Iron Lion firm addressed it to to the front office themselves. Um, so it's not something that um, you know. It's only really stemmed from this from this Tigres game. You know, um, they've had concerns about this um, over a longer span of time. But but yeah, it's an interesting one, really, because um, obviously in Major League Soccer, um, just you know the nature of it, you don't get many away fans come to Exploria Stadium. So this hasn't really been a massive issue. Um, probably say until into Miami joined the league a couple of years ago. And now we saw Tigres, obviously, super well supported from Mexico. Um, and it's a really interesting one for me. Um, it's a shame, you know, because obviously it's um, it's negative. But it's interesting in the regard that this is something that, you know, Daniel and myself, you know, being from um, from England and Europe, I mean, we have segregated um, stadiums and have had for, for a long, long time for this exact reason, you know. Um, you know, reading the statement, you know, the Orlando City supporters wanted to chant and roar on their team, you know, and, and not getting into any animosity with away supporters, you know, that were either, you know, a row or a couple of seats away from them. And, um, yeah, it is, it is a difficult one, especially in knockout um, football, um, when there's a big prize, a qualification on the line. Obviously, emotions are high. Um, both sets of supporters want to win. And um, yeah, the situation was quite unprecedented, and certainly something um, that Orlando City are going to have to um, to sort out going forward. I mean, we said lessons learned for the um, for the team, you know, after um, playing in the Champions League for the first time. But I think it's lessons learned for the club as a whole and the front office for how they kind of deal with um, you know being in that situation again going forward. I mean, I did see on the uh, the Church Street um, stand the South. End of the stadium, you know, most Tigres fans are in the upper tier there on the Church Street stand. Obviously, a lot more. We, you know, um, I don't know if if they were in the wall. Um, obviously, saw them on the the TV side watching it from the UK. But um, but yeah, it's uh, that's what happens when all of the uh, the fans are together. You know, you mix in your casual supporters with your more hardcore supporters and what have you. And you know, it, it's a shame, but sports competitive, and as I say, that's why we've got. Um, segregated um support sections in in Europe you know for exactly for that reason to um to make everyone feel safe and um and yeah it's um, it's not nice you know if um, if people don't feel safe going to to football so um i'm sure there will be a um an inquiry and hopefully um the club and the supporters groups um come together to make it better going forward
0: i think that's the idea daniel anything quickly to add on that i know we are getting tight on time here
1: No, I think uh, you guys have summed it up. You know, it's, um, I mean, it's very unfortunate. I I was sat next to a Tigres fan in in the game, at the game. He was no trouble. He was just there supporting his team. He was happy. He was no, he wasn't even wearing the jersey. He was just uh, watching and and laughing and having a, a decent time or whatever. Barely spoke any English. You know, but he was alright. Um, I think it's it's a classic curse of a, a small number of people doing idiotic things and making everyone look bad. Yeah. But why an, an absolute idiot would throw a flare over a stand, you know, where you could hit someone belief. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Um, this it goes beyond the wall and and you know, and then these other fans for me. It's more of a security thing, it's more of a safety issue. Um i know my... one thing
0: adam was frustrated about was that they did it once nothing happened and then yeah. they did it again like
1: i get it but quite honestly i, I think the only reason the walls annoyed is because they got their players banned i don't think it's really much to do with anything else uh you know it, it, the statement comes off a bit whiny if you ask me um given that there's been plenty of well-known security issues in the wall over past years with fans of the same team having to fight each other because of it. I'm not going to go any deeper than that. I'm not going to turn into that today. But, you know, it's like if you don't respect your own house and your own fans, how can you expect someone else to come in? Do you think the club, if they don't do anything about the issues that go on in the wall with their own fans, as far as, you know, the the supporters groups going after other supporters, what makes you think they're going to do something about other people's other teams' fans that come in? I mean, if they were going to do something about it, if they were serious, they would have stuck all of the Tigres fans up in a certain section, which I think they tried to do. But there were still other Tigres fans dotted all around the stadium. Maybe the club needed to make it known that they were only going to sell tickets for a Tigres fan in that particular section. And if you've seen elsewhere in the stadium, you're either asked to leave or you get moved. Like in England, I went to Leeds versus Manchester United, many games, fierce rivalry. And a Man United fan thought it was funny when they scored to stand up in the middle of the stand where I was sitting and celebrate. And he opened his jacket up and had a Leeds shirt. And I'm not joking; fifty Leeds fans got up, and he would have had his head kicked in. And he got moved, you know, he got relocated, or he even got kicked out. I'm not sure what happened to him, but it's like the club was very lax there, in in, in you know, in Orlando by allowing those Tigres fans to to inhabit those other areas. Like, you got to take this seriously. Um, yeah. We have a very diverse population here in the United States, especially in Florida. It's to be expected that a lot of, you know, Mexican supporters are going to show up for this game. Have a section, have it advertised, make sure that people know if you're supporting this team, you need tickets in this section. You need to make that message known, and you need to move them somewhere else as well. Don't put them above, you know, where there's a bunch of other Orlando fans. They should have stuck those fans down at the bottom or, or maybe in the corner where the you know where the Atlanta fans go. You know that would yeah. have been that sure. would have certainly made, made more sense. I, I get why the 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 supporters groups have made the statement, and I understand the um the anger, and I certainly understand the frustration at not being allowed to have their own smoke uh, flares. I'm not quite sure what you call them. I don't want to call them bombs, but um the flares, I guess. But it's this has been coming for a long time because security in Explorer is just generally sucked. And I say that as someone who has experienced um, abuse from Orlando fans and nothing was done about it. And it's all good and well preaching to the choir now saying, oh, well, this, this, and this, but, you know, you do this to your own fans. It's like, what do you expect they're going to do? They don't do anything for you when you do it. So what makes you think they're going to do anything? Yeah, you know, it's like the popcorn, the kettle black, if you
2: ask me.
0: I mean, yeah, fair enough. Um, Taylor, did you want to come in on that? I didn't.
2: Or no? Yeah, um, like I said, it, it's kind of watching this space, isn't it? Really, after the um, the statement, um, whether you know the the supporters groups and the the front office come together. Um, but yeah, hope hopefully a resolution is um, is found um, in everyone's best interest going forward.
0: Yep, I think lessons learned is a uh, is a really good way to sum that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor, do you have time for us to do some quick questions before we get out of here?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Away. All right.
0: I know we're over time already, so I'll just be quick. No um, first, first one comes from at Tommy C-T-I-D. Uh Charlotte is next. They're struggling to begin the season. Should expectations be a bit higher, knowing there's a golden chance for a big win? I know we already covered this, but um, specifically, should expectations be higher for this match?
2: Yeah, they should. Um, You know, you see a a team come to town. They're down in the doldrums essentially now, Charlotte. Um, Big opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Um, If these players, you know, um, are as good as we think they are, you know, they should go out there and realize that, look, you know, this is a big opportunity to kind of get our season motoring. And um, hopefully that's what we see on Saturday night.
0: And then just quickly, Daniel, as a follow up to that, um, because I'm going back and forth on this and would love to hear your thoughts um we are going to be rotating that's my assumption so does that hinder Mm -hmm. should that hinder the expectations or should the expectations remain the same even though we have some ccl rotation
1: no shouldn't hinder the expectation i mean you know i think the buzzword of of um of roster construction is depth right you know and i imagine that that little meme that one with that funny head with the word depth and you know which one i mean the de (laughs) yeah, Yep. FF, yep. <laughs> I'm a fan of memes. I'm sorry if I get people a bit confused there. But anyway, no, it shouldn't hinder the expectation. I mean, when you're playing at home and you're against a team that's that's out of form, I mean you you should expect to win. You've got to have every home game. I think you've got to have the expectation that you can win. You know, I'm not saying that you can blow the team out and that you can win four or five nil, but you've got to have the expectation you win. And and I, I don't like the excuse really that um you know, a lot of people protect the coach, you know, if he changes things, if he rotates. He gets a lot of protection for it. And it seems funny that people are quite willing to to continue going to watch the games, paying the money and, and such and watch these um battles of attrition, as I like to call it. Um and you're quite happy to go do that and, and then defend, you know, the defensive football and the rotation. But at some point you've just got to um you gotta knuckle down. You gotta win the games, right? I think they have to rotate. I think players will be emotionally charged and tired, you know. But they should still win. There's enough enough quality in that squad to to win that game.
0: I think there is. Yeah, I really think there is.
1: Uh, let's hit on this next one
0: from at uh, the English Lion. One. What do you guys make of MLS again refusing to break during FIFA windows? Um, Oh, this is a separate question. Okay, we'll start there, Taylor. Um, FIFA window. We have no yeah. break yet again,
2: yeah, it's kind of MLS is still on its own um, with this, isn't it compared to the other leagues around the world? and um, and it's it's tough. It's tough, really, because um you know we're uh, I believe we're missing Faku at, um, for the Philadelphia game um with the international break coming up. um Pedro Galese will be away. So um, yeah it is We really are
0: missing like 7 or 8 as well i think
2: yeah yeah um comes to that word depth the buzzword um again you know fortunately we've got a bit more of it um this season but um but yeah it is a hindrance um but also um i suppose it plays into this point as well um, that you know with with nine teams from each conference now making making the playoffs you know um Almost everyone kind of gets in now anyways. So
1: I call it merger league sympathy. The S stands for sympathy now.
2: <laughs> I think I think you're right. Um I've I've not been a I've not been a big fan of that. Um, you know, kind of everyone gets in, you know, get a, a ticket to the raffle. Um I think it devalues the competition. Um <laughs> so yeah, kind of <laughs> it's kind of apples and oranges, really. It's like um, you know, um the season's so long anyway. Um you know the competition's being devalued because nine teams are getting in compared to seven as we've been used to and um and yeah not breaking for the uh the fifa windows i suppose you know, to put a positive spin on it it gives um you know the rookies the likes of duncan maguire um shaq mohammede who we've not seen yet i suppose it gives those kind of guys much more of an opportunity to see minutes on the field um so it's positive for those guys but um but yeah, maybe we will see, maybe we won't because it's Major League Soccer, but maybe we will see in the years to come, um, then kind of, you know, follow the rest of the world in kind of taking a break from the, uh, the domestic um, soccer when the international windows come round. I think if the league gets to where it wants to go, and obviously they're bringing in many more internationals into this league, you know, despite the salary cap or whether the salary cap's removed going forward, Um, they're going to have to change that you know, (laughs) and get into the 21st century um, because, yeah, it is tough. Yeah,
0: I'm glad you said that because the second part of his question actually wasn't a separate question. It kind of was. He said, what, if any, impact does it have on MLS's fan appeal, Uh, particularly in a season where it could be argued the regular season's importance has been diminished by an increased playoff field, um, which I think it has been diminished. So I'm glad you covered that. Daniel, anything else to add there before we move to next question?
1: No, nothing here. Uh, other than that, the pointless tournament that they're doing in the summer, where they stop in league play for a month. You know. Well, might... well, it's not pointless anymore because the they
0: they do have CCL spots through that. So that's yeah, kind of how they. Have they have to break it. for
1: a for a whole month. I mean, wouldn't it have been more practical to like, you know, maybe just put a couple of league games in there? You know, maybe two in that particular month, just to ease, you know, maybe ease the burden on the on the league games a little bit, you know? Maybe,
0: like, yeah, but, yeah.
1: No, 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 but, it's just one of them yeah. things, isn't it? it's, it's, it's all yeah. seems it's, it's very um, commercially driven, which, you know, a lot of football is getting like that, to be honest. Um, but in this case, I think that's, it's a lot of commercial um, benefit here for the MLS, obviously, but when you've not increased the salary caps and you've not given teams the ability to to bring in more players, to handle it the quality of depth is more important than than just depth in itself you know then i think that you've you've kind of you know you got yourself in a little cul-de-sac there you know of of a really ugly neighborhood right all right
0: um at daniel gonna stick with you at worm burner podcast how much has how much has the two legs against tigres impact impacted Orlando City's reputation as an MLS club he would say massively in a positive way
1: mm-hmm. yeah I tend to agree I don't think Orlando under- disgraced themselves you know I mean they, they narrowly were knocked out of the tournament on a on a on a rule technicality so I mean it shouldn't be it shouldn't certainly shouldn't be diminished in any way you know, it's uh the, the the faults with the with the games, you know, things that we discuss as, as supporters and 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 what we can say about tactics and everything else. But I mean, from a from a reputational standpoint, I mean, it's certainly only going up. You would think.
0: Yep. Anything else to add there, Taylor?
2: Yeah. No. Um, you know, drew a line in the sand and showed we can compete with um, with one of the best sides from Mexico. So. Yeah, gutted we didn't quite make it, but i um, super proud of the effort all the same.
0: Yeah, oh, if only that Maguire shot went in. Five, oh, more, minutes. We needed
2: five, five more minutes, I think we could have, have gotten.
0: Yeah, could. it was coming. It was definitely coming. Uh, last one, last two here, I guess, but I'll I'll just quickly cover the first one from at Marima underscore four. Uh, you're probably going to talk about this, but I'll ask, are we coming out for Charlotte with the full starting 11? Um I yeah, I, I hope think no, we'll covered that. Hope start I of know.
1: eleven players, you know. <laughs> I mean, but, it would be a bit hard if they were in like eight or nine. I mean, you know, Charlotte are, are poor, but they're not that poor.
0: <laughs> yeah, not quite. I think we'll I think we'll have some rotation. Um, and then Taylor, this one specifically for you. Charlotte Patterson at Kirby Hazards asking, Who's your favorite member of Orlando City UK with a winky face?
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> hard position good. to be put in. Did you know what I, I've, I've got to say, her really haven't I? For the uh, for the cheek on that question, she's put me I in a the spot so. there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no. Um, I, I also saw earlier in um, Dan Beridge, um, the English line as well. He said it's got to be me, right? Because because uh, Forrest took two points from City a couple of weeks ago. He makes a very, very good point as well. So, uh, no, look, I, I love all the guys. Um, when I started all those at UK back in uh, 2016, you know, um. I thought I was the only one crazy enough to stay up to three in the morning watching um, Orlando City over 3000 miles away. But um, clearly not. Um, We've got 70 people as crazy as me nowadays roaring on the team. So uh, I love all the guys. And we love all of you.
0: Really appreciate you staying on a little bit extra, Taylor. But I know it's time for you to go. Uh, Where can our listeners find you at on social media?
2: You can find us on Twitter at Orlando underscore City UK. And um, for all of our stats, previews, and the rest of our content, um, head on over to our website, which is weareorlandocityuk.com.
1: Daniel, where can our listeners find you out? Uh, just on Twitter. It's Beelcibal4141. Ball
0: Beelzebol is no longer...
1: Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it exists. It's there.
0: It remains in the the hearts and and minds of the past.
1: It does. I I can't say you're wrong with that, but, yeah, it certainly (laughs) lives on.
0: All right. Well, really appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your night. Have a safe weekend. And as always, vamos Orlando.
2: Vamos Orlando. See you later, boys.